the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WILK. Ah, welcome to another lovely Sunday afternoon. Unless lovely, you're lovely, lovely. Unless you're listening to this later on in the week, and then uh, welcome to insert blank, you know, whatever you want. <laughs> you're listening to this. Uh, this week we have kind of a special show, and we've kind of inadvertently gotten put into uh, a crazy news story that's been going on. We have 21st Amendment's Sean Sully O'Sullivan returning with us this week. Uh, we've had him on before, and, you know, Sully is a fantastic guest, good all-around guy, and uh, loves to talk about his brewery and loves what they're doing. They have a lot of crazy things going on, new brewery opening up, but uh, I'll get to it in the news, but they have an interesting thing happening with Budweiser now, which will be, uh, you know, that literally just happened. So we'll see where this is going to go. I don't know. It's kind of another one of those crazy things that that brewery's doing for God knows what reason. <laughs> Could not have planned the timing better. Yeah, that's what's funny. Is like this has been booked for a long time and just kind of inadvertently got thrown in the midst of this. And yeah. Not going to complain because it's always fun to hear what's going on in the front lines as it happens. Front lines. Yeah, usually it's just kind of like three months that happened, you know, three months ago, and we're trying to bring it up again and get it in. It just doesn't make sense. Now we're right in it. But uh, before we get into anything, we'll, we'll cover some beer news. So, uh, you know, we've always talked about a lot of things going on with uh, labels for the beer, and it's always been an interesting thing. We had a thing with New Hampshire with the babies not being allowed on and all that fun stuff that goes on. Uh, but there's a brewery, a smaller brewery, you know, I actually didn't look where they're from. I think they're from one... Missouri. Oh, they're from St. Louis. Oh, how convenient. They are from St. Louis area. Uh, this is Alpha Brewing Company. It's kind of gotten themselves into a ton of hot water. And if you want to search for this label, you'll quickly, quickly understand why they are in this hot water. Uh, they have a new beer called Submission Ale. Now, I'm going to try to read this. This is kind of uh, really... It's like from a South Park episode. Yeah, yeah exactly. Of, <laughs> it really is one of those things that you cannot... Oh, wait, they, they have scrapped it, actually, now. I'm just reading the headline now. That this just came out. like They, they actually already scrapped it. But they, they have a uh, beer that they came out with, and they had done it apparently before. It's been in the series that they do and kind of mocks religion in a way. Uh, I shouldn't say in a way. Pretty directly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, they had one that they came out with. Now, it was called Submission Ale. It's a smoked brown ale. And I'm trying to get this to be able to zoom in on this because I have to be able to read this a little bit more. And uh, I want to get this read correctly so you can see what's going on because you'll understand. Uh, God. It's, it's, it's one of those things where it seems like the brewery, that's their angle. Kind of going a little shock shock angle to maybe sell some beers from that series by itself, you know? Yeah, which is kind of like, you know what, I, I don't, I'm not into that because it's like, you know what, I have the beer. Why, be why, yeah. yeah, let the beer speak for yeah, itself. Just not make a label. good beer and the people will kind of come to it. I'm not even going to attempt to read this because this is going to hurt my eyes just trying to see it on the screen. But basically, uh, it, it, it insults the Islamic religion and refers to uh, blowing things up repeatedly. We'll just leave it that. Yeah, they're, so you, they're basically making puns going, no, this beer is going to blow your senses away and the hops are going to explode in your mouth. And more like a um, it's a suicide bomber reference, basically uh, what it yeah. seems like is going on. So it's kind of... I, I just don't get that stuff to me. It's just like, why? I mean, it's just... I mean, you know, you know what, though? Marketing-wise, apparently it worked. I never heard of him before this. And we're talking about uh, it. Yeah, we're, we're talking about it. I never heard of him before this, and I'm sure at least one person is going to go look it up now and then go, oh, look at that. I, I just, I don't know. That's not my thing. I, I think, like, just make a good beer. If you want to be punny, you know, the craft beer industry is ripe with puns. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've talked about that numerous times, but uh, it's not my thing. That's the way it goes, baby. <laughs> I mean, the, the one that always <laughs> gets me is the, the Oscar Blues Deuce, you know. It's the brown ale. The yeah. brown ale with corn <laughs> adjuncts, you know. <laughs> there's, there's That's a, a straight-up pun, though. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> There's a lot of the... Uh, I love labels. It's one of my favorite things of beer. But it, it, like you said, it's it's what's in the bottle that counts. So you could do whatever you want with a label. But if it's not good beer, then who yeah, cares? Yeah, it's just like you're going to buy it and then you're like, oh, this is crap. And then remember, yeah. it was a bad, stupid, punny label. Yeah. And then... All right, and the next news story, I really kind of kept it skimp this week because uh, we're going to be talking a lot about this one, especially uh, just, I believe it was just Friday, uh, but it kind of really made its rounds online. Saturday is when it really cross-lost the, the desk of a lot of people. Budweiser uh, fired a crub, <laughs> shot across the bow at 21st Amendment uh, on their Twitter account by posting a photo of a man carrying in Budweiser with the uh, <laughs> the lovely saying underneath, nobody cheers for the guy who brings a watermelon wheat beer. Hashtag this Bud's for you. <laughs> yeah. 
It's just like, I don't like, we've talked about it on here before. I don't like to poo-poo on macro beer and just be that guy like, oh, it's, you know what though? But when you do something stupid, it's just, why are you attempting? Is that really where you're going to go with your marketing? Like, oh, we're not going to say how good we are. We're going to try to discount the people that other people are going to. Like the, the area that we're losing business, we'll just try, try crapping on them <laughs> to, to try to make up for where we're lacking. Well, you know, it's I always su- subscribe to the ethos that, you know, you never build yourself up by tearing somebody else down. Yeah. I just, you know, it's just not a good well, way especially to... it backfired so bad with them last time. Like the, after the pumpkin, just, peach yeah, thing. After everything yeah. happened with the Legion, like they came right out of the Super Bowl. I mean, this is, you know, this is Twitter, not a Super Bowl commercial. So keep yeah, that in mind. a little different. But at the same time, like this is what they did last time and it completely backfired. They had just bought a brewery that made the beer they were making fun of. Like how stupid can you yeah. be about stuff? And, and I think really that that one up ticking off a lot of people down to the distributors because like it puts everybody into this like what are you doing yeah and you, you just can't go at it that way and, but we're gonna be talking to Sully a little bit and we'll get uh Sully's viewpoint on this and he's the <laughs> the one that's getting taken on fire I'm kind of kind of yeah it'll be excited a and curious to hear <laughs> and uh so let me cover some new beers really quick so Smutty Nose we had them on here before we had some other Smut Labs beer they just came out with a new one their Cherry Short Vice which is uh, a lovely Berliner Vice beer they do a couple variations on it they have a cherry one uh Sierra Nevada they unveiled again their barrel aged Ovilla Double, which is a they have a barrel aged version. They, they reappeared out again. They, they brought it back out. It was out a couple of years ago. And uh, Carton Brewing, who's going to be on the show in the next couple of weeks, uh, just this past week came out their Digger Clam Ale. Uh, now, that, well, Digger, it's a clam ale with lemongrass. Yeah, so if you're into that thing, I don't know. That, that's that's one of those ones well, I saw. They have the like, oyster stouts. I mean, does yeah, it have the clams in the beer? Is that I what believe so. It would that's cool. So it'd be interesting. I, it just kind of, I don't know what it's going to taste like. Like some of, some of the stuff, I'm like, I would try it to say I tried it. Off the top of my head, I would say no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very New Jersey thing with carton. I mean, they do the whole carton of milk. They do the co- uh, the coffee beer. And, uh, you know, growing up on the Jersey Shore, you know, clamming is what you do. Yeah. You know, so it's they're trying to do the oyster stout like angle, carpoon, but with yeah. that whole New Jersey twist on it. So we'll see. You know, it's yeah, one I think it's an interesting one. And I'm sure we'll wind up having that at some point. We'll see what we have when we have carton on. They're going to be up in the next couple of weeks. They're a brewery that's very up and coming. Uh, and right now we have the... Uh, beer that's in the line of fire in our glass right now. We actually are drinking some Hell or High Watermelon. Now, this is their wheat beer. This is 4.9%. I thought it was lower. It's a 4.9%. It's a wheat-based beer. Um, this is their summer seasonal. Actually, I don't know if it's year-round or summer season. I'm not really sure, but I believe it's summer because um, this is like a quintessential summer beer. I mean, that's what this is. It's just a really light beer. But this is one, if I was out doing some yard work and was sweating Sweating the, uh, I was going to say something I probably shouldn't say on here. Uh, <laughs> sweating a lot. <laughs> uh, I would, this would be a great one to crack open because it has that subtle watermelon taste. It is, I will say, a very divisive beer amongst a lot of people. Even when they post everything about the show, we had a lot of people love it or hate it. And that's just kind of one of those things. It's that flavor profile, I mean, of watermelon. In and of itself, the watermelon fruit is kind of a divisive thing, which is weird because it's it's not an overly flavorful fruit. It's a textural fruit. Like that's, yeah. for me, it's like when you bite in a piece of watermelon, yeah. it's almost like texture. So to have that flavor and not have the texture can be a little bit odd, but it's, I, it's, I like it. I like it. Uh, it's, I think it's a beer that a lot of people like, it skirts the lines of purity for some people. They're like, oh, you're going a little bit yeah. too to the left field, but that's just whatever. If it's good, yeah. it's good. Yeah. And, it, and it's just like that, that lightness of it. I mean, it really is something like, if this was winter and someone gave me this, I probably would be like, eh. It just—it's weird because like the the seasons and everything do affect everything. It's, it, just, it screams an 85, 85 degree day. Yeah, you this know, is something. By the if, pool, you're, like, if you're just yeah. relaxing or you're doing yard work, something. This is a great one to have, and it comes in the can as all twenty first amendment beers do. Uh, to have that in the can and just kind of crack one of these open, just really helps cool you off. Like it has those refreshing qualities. It's not overly tart. It's not uh, you know it's it, not it, sweet either. It's not yeah. overly sweet. It's, it's 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 a fruit beer, but it's not overly, you know, sweet, because some fruit beers we've talked about here before have that really strong sugar, cloying taste, and you can't, like, have more than two sips, or you get, you know, the heartburn, and you're down for the count, <laughs> and, like, that's the one thing, like, I, I kind of skirt away from a lot of fruit beers because of that, because I'm very sensitive to that, like, that overly sweet characteristic, because I can't handle a lot of sugar, so I'm not a big wine fan, I'm the same way with wine, like, wine kind of instantly gives me heartburn, for better or worse, I, I've tried it numerous times, and I just can't, I can appreciate it, 
it's not my fault. It's it's my heart. <laughs> Whatever is going on there, I, I just can't get into that that heartburn. When that hits me, it just hits me. And there's no coming back from it. And that's what's nice in this is it, it's very light and doesn't have all of that. And, and coming in at 4.9, it has a really wonderful wheat base to it. And, you know, it, it's what's funny is like seeing these larger breweries taking a pot shot at beers that really aren't. It's not like they're you know brewing it with I don't know. Brewer's underwear yeast or something. I don't know. I was going to say beard yeast, but that actually was. They did that. But like you know, there's a lot of things within this. It's it's not out there like that much. Where it's like, what the hell are you trying to do? It it's it makes sense. Like you have a sip of it, it makes sense. And especially in the summer, spit beer that Dogfish made. Oh, the oh, Chichu. Is it Chichu? Something like that. It's, it's actually, do you know that beer? No, Matt, I they, don't. they made it. It's actually a historical beer. Uh, the natives used to chew the corn yeah, and I, spit yeah, it, yeah. and then they, they use that for the great. That and one, they, they, it was Chichu or Chicha. I don't remember. Something like that. Yeah. I, <laughs> they only had it at the brewery. They weren't allowed to release that. Oh, I could imagine. Yeah, they, yeah. They, ha- they only had that at the brewery, <laughs> and it was one of those things. Like, they went around to everybody that worked there, and they got to chew it and spit some in, and they used it. Yeah. Delicious. Uh, I don't know how, you know, I don't know anybody that had it. I never, anything. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, that where, that's where I would draw the line. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to take a break right now. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to our good old friend, Sean Sully O'Sullivan from 21st Amendment, and uh, get the 411 on what's going on with this whole fun thing that's happening in craft beer. So we'll be back soon with the Beer Geeks on WILK. Trying to find a beer you truly enjoy is becoming a rather daunting task. Everywhere you turn, another beer, another company, another slogan, another gimmick. Here at Anzalone Special Beer, we decided our gimmick was going to be, well, good taste. Perhaps not the most creative of gimmicks, of course, but certainly the most flavorful. Anzalone Special Beer. Good taste is our gimmick. Anzalone. It's the 2015 Payment Free Summer Event going on now at Dixon. Dixon. Dixon City Hyundai. Drive a new Hyundai today and make no payments till October. 2016 Elantris. Lease for only $159 a month. Save up to $3,000 or buy it for $14,995. 2015 Sonatas. Lease for only $179 a month and save up to $6,000. We have the largest Hyundai inventory in Northeastern PA with over 500 cars in stock. Choose from any 2015 and 2016 model all on sale and ready for immediate delivery. 4x4 Tucson, Santa Fe, Elantris. Sonatas, Veloster, Accents, Azera, even the all-wheel drive Genesis. We want your tray. It doesn't matter what you owe. And no payments till October. Zero down delivers on all new Hyundais. And America's best warranty, 10 years, 100,000-mile limited powertrain and Hyundai assurance. And save up to 7500 on select new Hyundais at Dixon City Hyundai. 81 to exit 191A. Just past the Viewmont Mall on the left. Get details at DixonCityHyundai.com or call 1-800-Hyundai. 2016 Elantra stock number K231. Price includes all rebates to data, including military stock number J1267500 off. All leases 36 months, 12,000 miles per year, 1999. Tax and Caring for a loved one is a personal decision. Choose care that's personal. You know, Renee, when we partnered to bring personal home health care to NEPA, I really think it was because of the attention to detail and can-do attitude you brought to the patients of my facilities. Thanks, Mike. That means a lot to hear. As a nurse and case manager at other companies, I kept meeting resistance to provide what patients, and just as importantly, their doctors wanted in a home health provider. I thought that we could provide a more personal level of care to those we serve, and that's exactly what we do at Personal Home Health Care every day. Don't compromise. Personalize the care your loved ones need to enjoy a better quality of life at home. Personal home health care. It's the personal detail that sets us apart. Visit us at personalhhc.com. It's Cascade Mosaic. Ah. Yeah, baby. We're classing up the joint here. Uh, this lovely Sunday afternoon or early morning or late evening, depending on where you're listening, because we got global now. Yeah, it's so 5 o'clock we, somewhere, yeah. right? Thanks for joining us oh, on this I, lovely insert eight year. Yeah, I don't need to wait for 5 o'clock, obviously. It's, just, yeah, it's 5 o'clock to me right now. And uh, speaking of that, we have on the phone... The lovely returning guest, Mr. Sean Sully O'Sullivan from 21st Amendment. Sully, how the hell are you, sir? 
I'm fantastic. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Yeah, we cover them all. <laughs> well, I was going to you know, jump into this talking to you about the Grateful Dead concert because our lovely Billy was out in Chicago as well, but Budweiser dropped some gold into our laps with all this this past weekend. <laughs> so uh, I want to kind of get into that with you. Like, What was your response when you saw this? We already, I already kind of covered what was said in the tweet and everything, so you don't have to rehash, but kind of what was your thought when you first saw that they were doing this? Well, it, it, the funny thing is I was actually uh, on, I was whitewater river rafting <laughs> and uh, with this group called Oars, it's a rafting outfit out here in, uh, in California. And, and so I was disconnected. My cell phone didn't work. And so immediately when I got off the river and rolled into town where there was cell service, <clears throat> my phone just lit up literally like <laughs> I had like a thousand tweet, you know, coming through and all this stuff. So uh, it, it, I was First of all, I was like, wow, really, that happened. That really just happened. And I just think it's, a, it's you know, well, clearly it's a great example of how tight the, our craft beer community is. I mean, you know, when the 900-pound gorilla in the room kind of pokes at us, we poke back. And I think that shows a, kind of a, a, it's a great thing about, you know, what we have going on here. Um, uh, you know, and then the, the marketing and business side said to me, I just thought, like, this is incredible. I mean, I couldn't have asked for a better thing to happen. Um, but it just really shows you like uh, a company like Anheuser-Busch, which I kind of think of as like the Darth Vader of the beer industry, how they they can't really create a craft brand. They really have to kind of go at it and maybe purchase them. You know, they've done some acquisitions recently, like with Elysian and Ten Barrel and Goose Island and whatnot. Um, and so they, it's almost like they're playing both sides of the fence here. I, I, I can't get a grip on it. Uh, I like to think that 20-something creatives that are in their marketing department are secretly drinking my beer. Um, and at the same time, you know, uh, working for the for the man. So, yeah, it's kind of like that cantankerous old man that's sitting off in the corner saying, "I don't like change," but at the same time, it's it's they're playing against themselves because they're they're getting into this market in you know some manner. So it's just kind of it's hard to read what the hell they're trying to do. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I, I can't. I don't understand it. I, I guess when you're when you're that big, you know, you can play both sides, you know, of the of the angle there, and you know, uh, you know, appeal to the people that you're trying to, you know, your your consumer base, the people that do drink Budweiser that have probably put their nose up at craft beer, uh, but you know, we all know that one day they'll jump to the other side of the fence and join us in the fun zone. So, well, I look at it as you know, it's kind of like you know, Pepsi and Coke Wars. Not that we're comparing craft beer to Pepsi, but you know, <laughs> eventually. Eventually, you're going to see you know them come out with a new Coke and they either shoot themselves in the foot or, or have to do something to change because this is not the, the way you build into this new market that's been going on. Exactly. I completely agree. So now, overall, though, how do you feel like being that you're in this, you know, right now, in, you know, not against your will, basically, but uh, with this marketing that they're doing, like, how do you see this affecting the overall craft beer market? I mean, I, I'm not going to say I don't think it's a bad thing, but I don't think anybody would say that. But how do you feel that it is? Is it just kind of like they're a wounded animal slashing at whatever's around? Or is this, I don't know, how, how do you get a read out of it? I mean, my, my feeling is that they are really just trying to kind of reinforce to their drinkers who feel good about drinking. You know, a, you know, a beer like Budweiser um, that you should feel okay about it. And there might be a lot of talk and uh, you know, and growth you see in craft beer right now. But that Budweiser drinker that's a, you know that's not into craft beer, it's going to kind of like make them you know feel better about themselves and be more resilient towards like you know possibly jumping to the other side. You know, it's it's just you know it's like it's like when any sort of political party, and I don't want to get into left or right or anything like that, kind of just speaks directly to their their base um, and of course it's going to alienate the other side but really what they want to do is just be clear that they've got you know they've got their back so yeah I, I think a lot of it is trying to you know most of the average drinkers of like a, a macro beer of you know, Budweiser or whatever don't really have a lot of run-ins with craft beer drinkers and when they do unfortunately uh, it's the ones that we don't even really like to hang around with most of the time so I don't think that they have a read on that market as much so this is kind of a way I take it as I'm trying to say like well don't go there this is what happens you grow a mustache and you become a jerk <laughs> yeah but, but then there's this other weird thing 
something that happens. Like my dad, my like 78-year-old dad, um, he might be younger than that. He'd probably kill me if I said he was 78. <laughs> but, you know, where he like was a total Budweiser, Coors drinker, and now he just drinks IPA. It's, you know, I mean, I think once you have craft beer, and maybe this is a, one of the reasons why they're kind of attacking us in that way, is that once you have craft beer, you, tend, you have a tendency not to go back. I mean, you kind of, it almost like it's a big room, and you're like, oh, my God, well, maybe I don't like that beer, but I'll try that beer. And you kind of step into the various flavors that, that are offered out there. So, and, and, there's, and there's the other side of the coin, which is really kind of, look, you're supporting, you know, this, this craft, this movement, this, you know, very local thing that's happening right now. And you've got to feel good about that. You know, you've got to, you essentially have to vote with your dollar. I mean, do you want to give it to a big corporation that's, you know, that's selling, you know, billions of you know, dollars worth of beer across the country, or you know, if you like lagers, go to your local craft brewery and find a lager there and support your community. Exactly. And speaking of not being able to go back, let's uh, tap into your new brewery that you finally got open. I know last time you were here, uh, you were begging for us to send some credit cards along to you to, <laughs> to help you out with everything. So now you're you're fully operational out there now. Yeah, we. So I mean, we we just started brewing our first batch of beer uh, about a month ago. Uh, um, and we're set to start packaging actually this week. We started kegging last week. Um, started putting the beer in cans. As you know, we put our beer in cans, folks. And uh, and it's been a huge project. It's been unbelievable. I and mean, we did all this because we've been brewing at a partner brewery facility uh, for since 2008. And uh, we essentially have run out of capacity uh, there. And uh, really it was a dream of Nico and I, Nico Freccia, my business partner and I, to bring it all back home. So we set down this path about two and a half years ago to look for a place to uh, build a production brewery, and uh, we wanted to be kind of close to our homes uh, out here in the Bay Area, and so we found this great spot in San Leandro, which is right near the Oakland Airport in Oakland, just across from where our pub is in San Francisco. It was an old Kellogg factory where they made cereal and Pop-Tarts, so it had all the the bones of a great facility to manufacture uh, food. I think beer is food in some ways. Uh, It had all the electrical the power and the water and all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a big space and uh, and it's, it's a fairly large brewery um, and it's it's finally up and running. It cost it took a little longer to cost more money. As it turns out, when you open the ground and you look inside, it always costs more than you think it's going to cost. So, um, we we certainly uh, didn't, didn't suffer from that. So, so now, what, what is the size that you're at in the, in the new one? So the new brewery is a hundred barrel system. It's four vessels. It was it's, uh, designed and engineered by a company called Gia, which is out of Germany, actually. But uh, probably 95 to 98% of the system was built in Hudson, Wisconsin. Uh, they have a manufacturing facility out there. Um, and then we've got these 500-barrel tanks, and we've got this beautiful KHS canning line that's got really, it's volumetric filling. I can get really technical on that if you want. Uh, spins at about 500 cans a minute. And the great thing about that system is that the, lo- the airs are really low. As you know, uh, air is a bad thing when you package beer, so uh, we're able to put out a real nice quality, uh, clean package. So what, what is that, the one that you're using now, versus what you had at the previous location? What, like, how much faster is this? Or you know, it, the, the filler we use right now in Cold Spring, um, it's a little bit older. It runs actually probably around the same speed. Uh, it, the, the speed isn't so important as really uh, is kind of how it's filled. They're using a little of bit of an older mechanical filler that they've done a lot of modifications on uh, to kind of get it into spec. Um, but, you know, there's newer fillers out there on the market where the parts are available and they run a little bit, uh, you know, there's a little bit more controls in place that you would have not, they wouldn't have so much on the older fillers. Uh, have you had any issues, like we, we had Jeremy Marshall on from Lagunitas and he was talking about some <laughs> issues. Jeremy's great. Yeah, oh yeah, Jeremy's. <laughs> but uh, they, you know, when they went to Chicago trying to, you know, they had to worry about like the water and all these things. Did you have any of those issues going from where you were to, to opening this new facility? Were there things you had to take in consideration like that? Well, we are trying to flavor match. So we're kind of, you know, we're, we're really new to this. So, I mean, we're kind of like just 
kind of picking our way through this thing in some ways. So um, we uh, there, yeah, there's always that consideration with water. I mean, you're trying to match it, you're trying to mimic it. You know, sometimes if you don't have these great, you know, uh, reverse osmosis systems in place where you build back the water, then you're sort of relying upon what you have. I mean, the really on, the only thing low about beer in some ways is the water and the people that brew it. Um, so in some ways you have to kind of, all right, well, maybe the beer will be a little bit different out of Cold Spring. We're going to be brewing in there for probably a little bit longer uh, and it, it, from the beer in San Leandro. And you just have to kind of maybe accept it and adjust it as best you can. Um, we're still using, you know, the same great hops and malt and, and, and yeast and all that. Uh, so, uh, and I'm fine with that, honestly. Yeah. But the other thing I wanted to ask you, because you're kind of a, well, I'll call you a little bit of an arty guy. Like you're, you're a fan of some of the arts. Do, do you look okay. at do you look do you look at brewing as kind of more of a, an art or a science type thing? You know, that's a great question. I when I was trying when I was trying to get out of uh, Southern California, and I was working at this law firm as a paralegal. That was my day job way back in the day. And I thought I wanted to go in co- into cooking or I wanted to go into brewing. And I love to cook. Um, and so I came up to Northern California. I actually tried out at a really famous restaurant here called Chez Panisse that was kind of started the whole slow food movement in this country with Alice Waters. And I tried out there, and actually they offered me a job. Um, and uh, when I was walking back to this is in Berkeley, and as I was walking back to the BART station to go back to get on the plane to fly back home, I went by Triple Rock Brewery here, and I had a beer there, and I'd been I'd been home brewing, and I kind of had this like epiphany. It was like, you know, I like to cook a lot, but I think I would not like cooking if I worked in a kitchen in that regard. So, and I felt like brewing there was this, you know, like what you just said, this sort of marriage of science and art and cooking. Uh, you know, that's the way I approach it. I, yeah, I know all the technical, you know, stuff that goes on with it, and kind of talk to talk, but, you know, at the end of the day, it really is the combination of those four ingredients or maybe, you know, more than uh, how you kind of blend them and and work with them to create, you know, you know this, this beer that you're, you're seeking to, to get out there, so. Yeah, that's, I, what I was interested in is because, you know, some people that approach it solely as an art, the, the thing that I look at that's a little different that I wonder if you had an opinion on was, you know, within art, it's very cathartic in some way, like you're getting mm-hmm. something out. I don't know if you can angrily throw hops in or, you know, <laughs> while you're crying, pour your your mouth. I don't know. How you- <laughs> when I'm grinding the grain, I'm like a little girl. I cry like a, you know, you have no idea. And I'm up there listening to Adele, and you know, it's, 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 it's you know, it's a, it's a I'm sight. I'm alone. <laughs> you call that no. candles and sandals. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I I don't have an opportunity to brew at our pub, our 12 barrel system, which is a small system in San Francisco. And then, by the way, 15 years in August. Can you believe that? I mean, oh. it doesn't even seem like it. But you know, here we are. You know. I had an opportunity to brew there, and I had I brew there. Usually, I'm there with uh, our head brewer Zambo, and we're kind of brewing together. But I, he was on vacation. I said, "I'm going to do this on my own. I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to turn the, key, the keys on this machine and do it." And it was a little rusty, you know, trying to you know, walk. Okay, I remember that. I can't remember that. But um, it, it really it was. I mean, I always said when I was the great thing about being a brewer, and you know, especially on a small system like that or a smaller system, is that at the end of the day, you can kind of you know, could tap that tank and say. You know, I brewed 12 barrels of beer today. You know, I couldn't say that when I was pushing paper to law firm. And there is something really artistic about that, I think, the idea that, you know, you get into it. We were playing. I had just come from the Grateful Dead show in Chicago the week, yeah. you know, a few days before, actually. And so I had the Grateful Dead blaring away in the, in the, in the brewery. And, uh, you know, there's a longstanding tradition of that band out here in California, of course. Uh, and you, you kind of get into it. You know, you, you know you're, you kind of vibe in it. And um, uh, I feel like... You know the conversation that artists have, like the Grateful Dead, with uh, with their with their fans when they're on stage and they're playing the music. You have the same thing with with beer. I mean, you're having a conversation with your listeners about what you're making and all that. You know, uh, they, they they get into it. They they you know the even the environment of the pub in San Francisco. You know, going out and talking to them and having a beer with them. I mean, it's uh, it's 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 as big as time as it gets, as Jerry said once back in the day and I and I completely subscribe to that. The one thing I want to say real quick too about that is uh, generally you're going to make people a lot happier when you're pushing a beer to them than when you're pushing uh, papers from the sign as a lawyer. <laughs> exactly. I completely agree with that. <laughs>
Yeah. So I had a real another uh, serious question here, going back to you opening up the brewery, and I was always curious as to what you think is more frustrating when, when first opening or, or, or when opening a brewery. Is it the actual opening of the brewery yourself, or when you get home having to deal with the copious amounts of hair that fall off your Great Pyrenees dog? <laughs> as a Great Pyrenees dog owner, I know the struggle, brother. Yeah, you know that that I, I get angry at that. I don't know. I think that's a it's a, a, a illogical reaction to dog hair, but I. Uh, you know, it's everywhere. So you know what I'm talking about. Oh, and when she gets worst. up on the, and I have, and I have this rescue dog. Her name is Snickers. That's the name she came with. And Snickers is a little, you know, on the dopey side. And this is my impersonation of Snickers. <laughs> I'm breathing air. I'm totally breathing air. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the, the 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 brewery part is frustrating, but it's manageable. But the dog is not in some ways. So. <laughs> Uh, I'd ask you which one you love more, but that's a that's not a fair. So it question. depends on what what's going on with the dog here, all right. <laughs> so, did you enjoy Chicago? That was a blast. Chicago was unbelievable. Chicago, I've never, first of all, been to that stadium before, Soldier Field, and um, it was there was a lot of people there, man. There was seventy one thousand people, and I mean, I used to see the Grateful Dead a long time ago. I'd see them, you know, mostly on the West Coast here at Shoreline, Oakland. Uh, uh, arena and uh, and out in uh, Sacramento, uh, but it, and so to see him in kind of that venue and that crowd, uh, it was intense. It was, uh, and, but everybody had a smile on their face. And, I mean, uh, you could not, you know. And there's, I think that the idea of bringing Trey Anastasio in from Fish was just brilliant. I it's mean, amazing. I mean, you know, you were there. Yeah. I mean, that, that guy just shredded it up. I mean, it was uh, unbelievable. I mean, we could do a whole show on that if you want to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't dive into a little bit of beer with you. We, do, we were enjoying some down-to-earth IPA, which is phenomenal, one of the best session IPAs. And we actually had Chris Rice on from All About Beer Magazine about two weeks ago, and Chris was singing the praises of this one, too. Awesome. Uh, just a really solid beer. So what is is there a relation with this and Bitter American? Yeah, there, there absolutely is. They're, uh, they're one and the same, and yet they're different. Uh, so Bitter American was a beer that I think when it came out in 2011. And session IPA was not in the vernacular of craft beer as we see it now. So, uh, and this is a beer that we made back in the pub, and it was 2.9% alcohol back wow. in the day. So when we came time to package Bitter American, uh, I thought, well, I don't think people are going to spend $8.99, $9.99, $10, whatever you're paying for it, for 2.9% alcohol. So I bumped it up to 4.4. I thought that was a good, like, you know, place to, to end up at. And, uh, and and so this beer, the you know, just, well, Bitter American uh, essentially has the same bones as Down to Earth. Bitter American, um, you know, the can was a little challenging, I think. It has Pam the Space Chimp on there, who was the first American in space. We thought the most bitter American in the world was <laughs> Ham, who was plucked out of the wilds of Africa, <laughs> you know, sent to a test center for, for NASA's space program and forced to push buttons, strapped to a rocket against his will and shot into, her, uh, into outer space. So, and, 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 the, and, and so we decided it would be fun to kind of mix it up a little bit, sort of realign um, the package with what this beer really is, which is a session IPA. So we changed it from a session Ale to a session IPA just on the label it was always the same beer in a lot of ways has the same base malt in both beers uh, which is Golden Promise which is this great malt that's from the the UK that's used in like lower alcohol beers it gives you a lot of it gives you body without sweetness uh, I love that malt I think everybody should use that malt um, I think that company should be paying me to say these words <laughs> because they always talk about it and then but what I did is I flipped it around and I changed the hops around I decided uh I added a lot of Centennial and uh, Cascade at the end of boil, and then, I'm sorry, uh, Mosaic and Cascade at the end of boil, then I dry hopped it with Centennial and Mosaic. And so all that kind of late hopping, which you see is really popular right now, gives you kind of that, you know, chewy citrus flavor, not bitterness, and also aroma. And also one of the first hops I ever really played with when I was working at Triple Rock Brewery, you know, 20 years ago, when I started in this industry, was Centennial. And so I like, and then Mosaic's a fairly new hop. So I like to think of this beer as kind of like new world versus old world um, uh, hops. 
Um, and the can is brilliant. I mean, I think, uh, you know, it's a continuation of the ham story. So he was in space and then down to earth. He's actually down on earth. <laughs> That's clever. <laughs> and he's laying in his hammock, you know, which is his parachute, which is stretched out from, you know, the space capsule. And he's on a beach and then he's, you know, there's just, He's, kitch, he's kicking back on a little beach scene there, and I and the, the flavor, the, excuse me, the colors are a little bit warmer, mm-hmm. I think, and more enticing rather than the older can. So yeah, it's definitely a lot of bright. It definitely comes across more summer too, which is nice. I mean, you yeah. could unveil it now in the summer, especially. So now with the new brewery going, is there plans for like some new beers on the horizon? No, we're actually going to make less beers. No, of course there is. Come on. I said new, not more. <laughs> yeah, we we're we're going to just we're, we're just making watermelon. And we're just going to heave them in St. Louis all day long. Here comes another one. <laughs> good plan. Good plan. <laughs> no, we're 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 absolutely going to do that. Um, we are excited about new package sizes. Uh, so there'll be different size cans. We're going to be coming out with uh, what we're really excited about, which we haven't been able to do too much of actually at all. Uh, is variety packs. Variety packs are really popular, and so part of this, you know, this great new canning line that we have here is that we have the ability to do um, variety packs um, in an automated way. And so, and within, the, within those variety packs, we'll have our, you know, some some of our beers that you've come to know and love, but there'll be new beers in there as well. So, uh, and that'll start happening actually towards the end of this year, and then we'll have a new can uh, that will be coming out. Uh, um, in uh, August, actually, which I can't tell you about, but I'll come back on and tell you about it. Hey, oh, nice. no problem. Well, we, I, Sully, if, if we could, I would have you on every week. I'll let you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got to get back there, really, is what I got to do. Yes, you do. But uh, no, thank you so much. Sully. We're up against the break, as usual, so we're, we're timed out. But thank you so much for joining us. We covered a hell of a lot of ground in a short period of time, which is always enjoyable. I love but, it. Uh, but thank you so much, sir. And enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll, we will talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. All right, guys. Take care. Cheers. Cheers. Good stuff. Say hi to Snickers. All right. Bye bye. See you. Bye. See you, John. Uh, good time as always. All right. We're up against it. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. we got some more beer to dive into and some more things to talk about this phenomenal brewery. So keep tuning in. Beer Geeks, W-I-L-K. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. I'm sitting in a bar. I'm all alone. Yeah, and okay, I'm a dog and I'm only three. But you know what? That's not all that important. I'll show you what is. Hey, Rocco. Yes, Bruno. Don't give me the usual. I want to try something new. Try the Sanzalone Lager. It's delicious. Oh, that's good. Next time you're out, don't order the same old beer. Break the habit. Try Anzalone Special Beer. Change your habits. Change your world. Anzalone Special Beer. Colbert and Grievous, your experienced local choice for elder law. Here's Brenda. Did you know that the average cost of nursing home care in Pennsylvania is over $100,000 a year and that there are ways to protect your home and life savings from these devastating costs? We don't believe in cookie-cutter planning. We give our clients custom-tailored recommendations, and there is no charge for our first meeting. Colbert and Grievous, certified elder law attorneys. Call 570-299-7909 or visit elderlawnepa.com. For most companies, internet speeds are a game of chance. Like the phone company offering up to internet speeds. Chances are, up to means that speed is not available depending on your location. With Comcast Business, your business's internet connection speed isn't left to chance. That's because the speeds we offer are available across our entire network. No games, no chance. Game over. So call 866-704-8952 and get 25 megabit internet for $69.95 a month. Not up to the speed you pay for, all the speed you pay for. Comcast Business, built for business. Offer ends September 30th, 2015. Restrictions apply. New business customers only. Two-year contract required. Early termination fees apply. Equipment taxes and fees extra and subject to change. Requires subscription to business voice and TV services. Call for details. Copyright 2015 Comcast. All rights reserved. Calling all readers, it's your time to be a hero. Transform your summer with the amazing power of books. Join the Luzerne County Library System at any 10 locations for our summer reading programs. You can be a hero. Join your friends for games, movies, and special events. Adult and teen programs are also available all summer long. Every hero has a story. Join us at your local library. To sign up and for more information, go to luzernlibraries.org. 
Always a good time and always a good chat. Like Any, said, anybody that you know imitates her, uh, their dog on air, yeah, just a dog impersonation. Yeah. Snickers, baby, you gotta love that. But uh, no, it's always a good time, and it's good to you know get a, an honest opinion on what's going on out there with a lot of that stuff. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see where a couple of things go as these mergers and everything, and buyouts and marketing ploys and blah 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 keep occurring, just to see where some of these relationships go when the in the future as they're moving forward. Well, it's funny that you know you mentioned the he said she said beer, their collaboration with with Elysian. Yeah, that's what which I'm, is I, now AB. I, I thought know, about that right after I got off the phone. I'm like, I wonder what they're gonna wind up doing with that one. That's gonna be an interesting one to see if there is something. But that's a whole. That's also a behind the scenes thing and really none of my damn business kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. that's a business decision on their end. Um, but it'd be inter- it's just interesting to see what does that do as these things happen because there's a lot of those collaboration beers out there too. Like, what does that happen as these breweries, you know, that are smaller maybe can't fight them off? What happens? Because that's where you're starting to see some of these things go, but I don't know. Anyway, we uh, tapped into our final beer. Uh, we have a limited lineup this week, but we have a delicious lineup this week. This is uh, Monk's Blood, 21st Amendment. This is a winter seasonal, so this one has a little bit of age on it, um, but it's actually not a bad one to let age a little bit. It's 8.3%. Uh, I wouldn't hang on. I wouldn't say this is when you age for a long period of time. You don't want to have it somewhat fresh. Um, but it's just got some really nice, it, it's a Belgian dark, strong, kind of comes across more like a double to me. It, it's, a, it's got some of those really nice red fruits, a little bit of vanilla in there. It's it's not overly complex, but it is something, it's interesting to see like when you get a, a Belgian beer in a can, because that's something that kind of, those worlds seem to clash against yeah, one another. Very oxymoron-ish or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's it's not used to it, but it's a, it, it, with time, it's fantastic. Fresh, this has a really big, well, bigger hot profile, but now... It's pretty damn nice. A lot of little cinnamon, a little figginess. Yeah, this, this means I think the hops kind of dropped out a little yeah. bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's totally different. I remember having this fresh. I think it comes out, I want to say October, November. It, it's I, it's a winter. I know, yeah, it's yeah, probably around and, then. And right out of the can, it definitely has a, a, a much bigger hop profile. So, uh, Ed, pick yes. them up fresh. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can taste like the Amarillo in it. I've been, yeah. I've been brewing a lot with Amarillo, so that's uh, been sticking out with me. Like yeah. that, that flavor's coming out. It's almost like I like to call it like a ghost of hops past. You yeah. know it was kind of there, but <laughs> eh, not so much anymore. It's definitely not a beer you want to drink after an 85 degree day. Yeah, th- this is this is one that's uh, this, this is, is a really good winter seasonal. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean it's good. I, this is a, it, it's light enough that you can enjoy it year round, but it, it definitely is a winter seasonal. I mean, maybe like a, a cool summer night with you know a steak on the grill, like, and then you're gonna. Chill out. Yeah. After you're, That's talking, you're, not. you're talking to a guy who drink Russian Imperials on the sun, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, be on the, he'll be on the lawnmower. You know, just yeah. <laughs> have a drink twenty-two world, eighteen percent worldwide stout. Have a twenty-two ounce bomber on one hand, a Russian Imperial yeah. stout. <laughs> Waving at the neighbors, no shirt on. No, I think that this is firmly set set as a winter seasonal. Uh, you know, we're starting to see already. We were talking as the show was starting. We're starting to see some pumpkin beers hitting shelves oh, and all these things. Yeah. And it's just like, I, it's one of those things. It's tough because uh, you know we as consumers see that and go, what the hell is going on it's july who wants to have a pumpkin beer but really it's just kind of fighting for and, and that's something we do see in the crap air industry is fighting for the shelf, shelf space, space and the tap yeah. handles and blah 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 and whoever gets there first gets picked up you know yeah. and some because some people are looking for a pumpkin beer now i'm not one of them yeah but there are some people that are out there looking for something like that and they they would have a pumpkin beer year-round if they couldn't like i i know i'm not i'm not someone that poo-poo's a pumpkin beer style there's a lot of craft beer purists that despise that style, we'll put it that way. Yeah. That, that absolutely hate anything to do with it. Well the frustrating thing from you know from a purchaser, you know, f- you know, for a bar is that a lot of times like we'll have to buy it now and sit mm-hmm. on it because we can't put it on the shelves yeah. usually until after, you know, Labor yeah. Day. You know, it's like white. So you're eating you know? up all that room <laughs> yeah. that you don't have. 
Yeah, and we have to kind of sit on it. We have to buy it now because if we don't buy it, somebody else will, and we won't get it. And then there's that whole thing like, well, we got to make sure we have it. And, and it's then, so popular, you have to buy so much yeah, of it. Yeah, it's just yeah. It's I made a joke yesterday that it's like every year it's a little bit sooner, a little bit sooner, and I can't wait for about 20 years from now when they come out so soon they'll come out in October because it'll be like the year before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're gonna be getting them in the yeah. fall in about yeah. 20 years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny too because it winds up pushing back. Like as you said, this is the winter season. It winds up pushing all of these things back, and you're starting to see like summer seasonals in freaking February or something. I mean, like yeah. everything kind of starts to fall back as that goes because they have to keep their brewing schedule on track somehow. Yeah. So things get shifted around, and you know, it's just one of those things that that happens as this industry grows and styles take off. And the pumpkin beer style. I mean, even if you are one of those purists that despises it. It's really popular, and it's here to. I think it's here to stay. Oh yeah, there's and yeah. every year, I mean, you're seeing more and more breweries jumping into the fold on that. That there's just a lot more because it is a style. Like I will say, it's a style that there's a lot of room for growth, and you can kind of play with all different things within that. You know, like like 21st Amendment has like well, theirs is really nice because they do a, a four pack, and it's two different. They have a, a Belgian triple with pumpkin and a Baltic porter with pumpkin. So they actually have like two styles. That's those are two styles that you don't normally think of with doing the pumpkin things. Typically, you think of just, it's basically an amber ale with a bunch of pumpkin added into it. That's the most standard pumpkin ale style. And look at us. It's freaking July, and I'm talking about pumpkin beers. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> yeah. Pump, uh, I mean, pumpkin beers, I mean, pumpkin does have an ever-so-slight flavor to it, but it's the toast. If you roast it. Yeah, if you toast it and roast it. But it's almost like a tofu of, 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 yeah. of adjuncts. So it's like, whatever you make with it, you can explore it, but people are still going to buy it because it has pumpkin on it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know... It's a cool thing to play with, but it is July. Yeah, <laughs> it, that's. But I mean, it, it's gonna. I I don't see that changing. That happened a few years ago, and it hasn't changed. And obviously, they're selling because I mean, everyone's you know complaining and up in arms, but it's still coming out, which means they're not losing any money doing it. Yeah, Sully said. I mean, when it comes down to beer, you're voting f- with your dollar. And yeah. it's coming out because people are voting with their dollars, yeah. and and that's why it's coming out when it's coming out. Yeah, it's one thing to go on the internet and complain, but you see how far that gets you sometimes. It, it's oh, yeah. funny, <laughs> you know. It's 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 truly the case where literally the day after Thanksgiving, the pumpkin beers end. Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like a hard date, so it's like <laughs> <laughs> you almost have to like get them like bought and sold by yeah. the day after Thanksgiving. And then that's it. You know, maybe yeah. maybe you can have a couple up through, you know, Christmas, but God, no. not Like, you cannot have a pumpkin beer after Thanksgiving, no. generally. No. So. I mean, some people will sit on them, but... You can't wear weight after Labor Day, and you can't have yeah, a pumpkin, pumpkin beer after <laughs> Thanksgiving. That's it. There's the two rules. That's what's nice. I mean, we can't give them away, usually, at that time. We're like, here, take a pumpkin beer. Yeah. You know, it's like a fruitcake, you know, at that point. It's like- <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what's nice with the, with the beer like this. I mean, this is a winter season and it's a little bit heavier, but it is something like, yeah, I couldn't, you know, in the middle of a really hot summer day, imagine myself chugging one of these, because it is a little on the heavier, maltier side, but it is something you can have year-round. You just see a lot of breweries as they go into the summer. Like, you know, we started this out with Heller High Water. Like, that's the perfect summer beer. Really light, really refreshing. We get into Monk's Blood, which is, you know, a perfect winter beer, which is just a little bit heavier. It's got a more of a mouthfeel to it. It just kind of has a little bit more warming characteristics. It's eight and a half percent. So you get a little bit. That's that's the biggest thing you see uh, for differentiation with 8.3 percent. Sorry, not eight and a half. But the, the biggest differentiation you see between, uh, you know, summer and winter seasonals, because a lot of people will see on the shelves like, they'll, you know, breweries will simply throw on summer ale, yeah. winter ale. That's it. That, that's not a style. That that's like there there's there's winter warmer and things like that. But I mean summer ale, winter ale, like that there's things within that. That just kind of gives you the idea of what's gonna be going on in that. If it's summer, you're looking for something light, that's what you're you're kind of without even thinking, whether you live in the northeast where we experience all four seasons or you live in California where you experience one and a half seasons, <laughs> it, it's you have this you know, thought process of summer is lighter beer. And that, yeah. that's where you're going. Winter is heavier, darker beer. Some people don't really think of it when they're they're going out. They're not, you know, some of us, like, we'll think about that. Like, you know, winter, oh, all the Russian Imperial Stouts come out. We're looking forward to, you know, sitting down on a cold winter night having a really big warming beer. Other people, they just see winter ale or winter whatever, and they'll just pick it up without any thought processes into what's going on in that. Same thing with summer beers. They'll just pick it up without thinking of what's going on in that. And that's some of the stuff that brewers have to be aware of. Like that's, you know, we are a small niche in a small niche. 
Yeah, like us sitting in this room because like, you know, paying attention to stuff. Like some people will just grab craft beer because of what they've heard or what they've seen without thinking of anything. But you have to be aware of playing to all these different sides. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very, I think, mood-driven thing for me. I know a lot of people, there are lighter beers that I want during the summer, but it's like when you're talking to, I believe it was one of the founders of Cigar City, um, they were like, oh, we just make whatever we want, whenever we want it, because down here there is one oh, season. Oh, yeah, waiting for me. And yeah. we're, we don't care that we're going to make a Russian Imperial Stout because what it's always yeah. summer here. So it's a, like, it's the mentality, and we have so many different seasons here that the beers go by the seasons, but when you get down south and you go to California, I mean... You know, yeah. Are you never going to drink a Russian Imperial stuff? Well, yeah, you're going to. So you find the time. Yeah, there's a lot of things with that. It's just like that's something that most people don't think of when you're designing. Like we were talking about the packaging. Like that's something like you really have to think of as a brewer, especially when you're doing cans because you have a wraparound packaging. You got to have an all-encompassing thing that they have. So it's a little bit more involved and a little more playful too because you have more room to screw around with. Their artwork is fantastic. Yeah. 21st Amendment, they're probably one of the better artwork um, companies out there when it comes to like yeah. cans or bottles or anything. And they've, they've fully taken advantage of being on a can, you know, having all that and really fully using it instead of just slapping something on. And Yeah, they maximize space. Let's put go. it down. <laughs> Oh, that was a good way of putting it. But uh, no, that's that's how all these things are. And you have to pay attention to that stuff. Like there's so many things, like I was saying to Sully, you know, do you look at this as an art or a science? Because there's so many different things at play when you're laying out, you know, especially from Sully's end. Because, I mean, they're, they're, he's involved in the brewing process. He's involved in the management process, you know, marketing, all these things. Like when you're looking at it from a 360 standpoint, you're not at the level where you are, you know, I'm CEO. Like you're just there. Like it, it, you're kind of doing stuff. Yeah. yeah. You're kind of more like the guy that comes in and, you know, they go, oh, good, good idea. And they pat you on the head and you kind of go off and get your check and that's the end of it. But when you're still fully involved in all these things at a brewery, it really is this perfect combination of like all these different areas of expertise that you have to have somewhat of working knowledge of to be able to to get to that level. I mean, 21st Amendment has become a fairly large craft brewery. I mean, they are in a lot of areas and they, they've taken advantage of having it on a can. They've, they've utterly utilized their artwork to like the nth degree to be able to drive the message home that they're they're playful, but they're they take their beer seriously, but they're also going to take themselves too seriously and all these different things. And it's just a really solid thing to have that and to have that working knowledge going through because you see some breweries and we've all you know come across them where they might be really good in one area, but they're lacking in some others. They might be so phenomenal, solid brewers and make great beer, but like you would never pick it up because you look at the bottle and it looks like, you know, someone crapped on or something. I don't know. It just kind of, it makes you bypass it. And like uh, you're saying right now, it's a matter of them being serious about their beer, but not taking themselves themselves too seriously. Yeah. Literally Sully's personality to a T. Yeah. So you're talking about having a guy where his personality not only comes through in the beer, but comes through in the labels. So it's like one of those things where it's like almost like an awesome life lessons where he's like, I love cooking. I love beer. I got a job as a cook. No, I, I'm not. I know I like cooking, but I know if I do that for a living, I'll probably hate it. Yeah. And a lot of people do that. They find something they're okay. Oh, I like that. And then they do it and then they hate their life. You know, do what you love, baby. It's like yeah. owning a bar. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Rub it in with OG. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, like, it's funny. Like we've had numerous brewers on here before talking about the brewing industry. And like some people have this glamorized look of it. Like, oh, it's just sitting around formulating recipes. Like, no, it's not. Like, there is no <laughs> yeah. one that's ever said that. It's like, no, it is labor intensive work with long hours. And sometimes, it, it, I mean, it's really rewarding, but a lot of times, like, you don't see the end result because you're just working so much and you're, you're putting this stuff out and you don't get to go and experience it. When you get to the level of being, like, a head brewer and you go to the festivals and get out there and have that, you can see people enjoying your product, but sometimes you kind of have to, like, listen in. And yeah, but how like, many of those guys are? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, That's what I mean. There, there, there's a lot of things within this that it's just, it is a good, it's a really interesting industry because you have this marriage of all these different areas and, and you don't have that in a lot of other things. Like, when you're in the art world, even if you're in fine art world, it, you're kind of the the artist is you know segregated from everybody else, and they're just doing their thing, and they have people handling the. They don't have to learn business. They don't have to learn all these other things. If they do, it's on them. But in this kind of industry, like you have to have this understanding of all this stuff, and it's like doing really well. It's a, it's a popular industry, so I mean, you really now have to know, and then you have large companies taking shots at you. 
left, right, and center, and that's not going to stop anytime soon. It's a unique industry in that you, you see it from um, inception to the end line. Like when you're talking about an artist, you know, they, they buy inks, they paint, and they sell it. And then there's an art gallery and whatnot. There's yeah. a brewery. You're, you're literally from ground zero, taking the grain, creating the beer, selling it off, dealing with bars. So just such a wide spectrum you have to deal with. It's pretty, yeah. uh, pretty amazing stuff. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, next week, we are going to be joined by the wonderful Jamil Zaneshev uh, from Heretic Brewing Company. Jamil is a phenomenal guy, also a friend of Sully, but Jamil is a great guy. Unbelievable beer knowledge. Uh, really helped me with my home brewing with, the, with some books he wrote and stuff, and just a really solid guy. It's going to be some delicious beers, too, from them. Knows what he's doing. So we're going to have that one next week, so we're just continuing on. It's over already? Stuff. Yeah. This one flew by again. So thank you so much for tuning in, and uh, we will catch you next week here on the Beer Geeks. Cheers. 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 Cheers.